part-time fanboy. How are you today? I'm doing good, man. I'm actually having a pretty decent day. I think we're uh, I think we're rounding out to the meeting our goal, which is yeah, which is phenomenal. And uh, nah, man, I'm done. Yeah, I'm doing for really good. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. It is the end of a Monday, so we are chatting on the end of a Monday. So when Monday's over, I'm happy. <laughs> I am yeah. happy. I am happy. Well, nice to make your acquaintance. Thank you for coming on to I guess the Part Time Fanboy Podcast. We can just get started, I guess, right? Absolutely. Cool. Well, I'll just say that my name is Christian Horn. Anybody who listens to this podcast will hopefully already know that. I have a very special guest on the line. His name is Anthony Stokes, correct? Yes. Like like I'm stoked to be doing this interview? Yes, I am stoked I to like be doing puns. this interview. <laughs> I do not like. If you get for me to <laughs> you, off a pun, you, it's going to be a... It's going to be a quiet podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Like you haven't heard that one a million times before. I have, man. And maybe today. <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do it. No, I am stoked to be doing this interview because you have a Kickstarter. I like to let people know right off the top of uh, the podcast, why people are here, what they're doing it for. And you have a Kickstarter going on for a, it's a, is it a single issue comic? It's like a graphic novel. Is it? Like, uh, I mean, I've read it, but it's, it's kind of like not long enough to be a full graphic novel. Is it a series? Can you clear that up for me? It's an issue one. So um, I finished the book a while ago and you know, like when you have so much, when you have so many influxes of opinions, I realized very swiftly that, um, I should have put like a coming or or, uh, to be continued or something. Sure. Sure. Like, yeah, but uh, no, it's a continued story. It's gonna be a six issue series, maybe maybe oh. a five issue series with a really, uh, with a really like a mega final issue. I'm thinking sure. possibly. Cool. So yeah. Cool, and it's called Intrusive Thoughts, correct? Intrusive Thoughts, absolutely. Cool. So go to Kickstarter, look up Intrusive Thoughts, and it will be there. Uh, like we just said a little bit ago, um, you are very close to making your goal. I hope by the time this interview goes up, you have made your goal. So nobody, well, I mean, I want people to listen to this interview, but I don't want them to have to listen to it. I, in any way, I want you to complete your goal is what I'm saying. <laughs> I've read the book and I hope it funds is what, is what I'm saying. But thank you for coming on and I very much appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Cool, cool. So why don't you go into, um, I guess I always ask people who have Kickstarters, you know, there's a lot of comics out there. Go into your like uh, elevator pitch. Like what is this graphic novel about? Let people know. Like how do you, if you were just meeting me like, you know, at a convention or something, how would you sell intrusive thoughts to me? Oh man, it's put me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what we're here for, more, man. <laughs> I need to have a little more Red Bull. I mean, even time I'm at a uh, trying to pitch, but yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. So it's a first off, I would say you like car, and I'd be like, hey, check this out. You know, we don't have that element, but I would say it's a it's a <clears throat> supernatural mystery thriller about a, an orphan mm-hmm. who has like night terrors. He has sleep paralysis, and his sleep paralysis bites one of his classmates. So it, it becomes a mystery finding out about what happened. What happened with the sleep paralysis demon and what happened to his parents? Sure, sure, sure. 
Yeah. So it is a bit like, so, so that's the thing is like when I was reading it, I was like, oh, okay. Is this fantasy? Is this reality? Like, like what is going on? Is it, is, is this really happening? Is this about somebody sort of with, um, uh, mental problems like, or, or mental, you know, uh, having trouble with, uh, mental stability, like that sort of thing. Um, can you speak to that at all? Like, I don't want to spoil anything. There's a little bit of like dream, like maybe nightmare on Elm street in there, but like, I didn't want to say like classify it as horror because it also seems like very kind of reality based as well. Right. Yeah, no. So I mean, it's, it's supposed to be, I like to think of it like, like a kind of a, almost a nightmare you ever, you ever seen a movie it follows this is a bit of a little bit of a pivot um it follows it's like this really cool movie where oh it um, follows yeah 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 okay yeah so that that movie for those who don't know it's uh, a, a, the main character is being followed by something like some kind of entity that gets closer and closer and it just falls behind you yeah and um it runs on nightmare logic like it doesn't, it, they don't explain it, right? Like they don't, they don't go into the specific details, but it's kind of like, okay, this is like a dream. This is like a waking nightmare. And I think it's, it's sort of the same thing where it's stuff that like doesn't really fit how exactly how we feel, like how our reality works, but it's close enough. It's grounded enough that the heavier moments still hit, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I mean, that was the cool thing about it is that like once, uh, once I started reading it, when I first started reading it, I'm like, oh, this seems like a slice of life, like sort of thing. Like this seems like it's based like, you know, maybe an autobiographical comic or something like that based in reality, based on somebody's like maybe growing up. I would imagine since you are the writer, correct? Like maybe there's some something based on you or one of your friends or family or something like that. But as I was going along, I was like, oh, wait, there's kind of like something else going on here. Can you speak to that? Can you speak to like, how you structured the story um, and were you trying to do that? Like, were you trying to sort of like put people off like their footing? Because that's kind of like what it did for me in the beginning. I was like, okay, cool. Like this is a slice of life. Like, you know, somebody's <laughs> having problems and, you know, very difficult time in their life. And then it kind of became something else. Is that something you were trying to do? Absolutely. Yeah. So I want people to be like, off there when they say off its toes. I don't want anybody to know where the story is going. I don't want I want everything to be a surprise. I think the the main character has a different motivation um than the previous issue every single um every single issue. So it's something that I I really I really want to take people on a ride, you know? Uh-huh. 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 So I mean, are you saying that each issue is going to be like different than the previous issue or it's going to be a different character? Like sort of you're approaching it from different viewpoints each issue um it's the same character but it's just tonal shifts essentially okay okay Plot shifts tonal shifts twists uh turns all that okay 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 and so i'm assuming uh like because i mean i does it spoil anything to say that it is a horror book no not at all okay yeah so i mean you must be a fan of this sort of thing, right? Like uh, you had mentioned it follows like uh, mm -hmm. to me, obviously the thing that comes up for me is because it's based in dreams or like night terrors. It's like Freddy Krueger or nightmare on them on Elm street, like sort of thing. Um, I did look at the Kickstarter and you are a screenwriter as well. Correct. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming that like horror is your jam. Like that's what you're into. No, no, you know what's so funny is I'm I'm so I like two kinds of two kinds of stories. I love like 
really like raunchy comedies. Like I love Judd Apatow. Oh, instance. okay. Interesting. And then I love like kind of hedonistic, just like depressing, like stuff, you know, <laughs> like, like a 24. It's kind of like my two favorite things. So no, I actually love comedy. I actually got into writing because of comedy. Okay. And um, I actually plan on doing comedy really soon. I actually have a, um, I actually have a, a, a script or excuse me, a premise that I'm working on right now that I think will be very funny. I'm very excited to drop it. So I, uh, I really, I can write anything. It just so happens that horror is a very popular genre mm. and that horror also is very easy to communicate ideas visually. Like you can, I mean, you can connect, connect you can communicate a lot of ideas visually, uh-huh, but uh-huh. horror especially is the easiest one for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when you were approaching writing a comic, um, you figured like horror might be a good genre to go into because obviously comics is like a visual medium, correct? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And was this something that you had developed sort of like as a screenplay previous to this, or was it something that was originally a comic book idea? Like how did, if you are, I mean, that's kind of the dumb question. Sometimes I ask writers, it's like, do you write screenplays? Do you write comic books? And sometimes the response I get is, well, I'm a writer, you know, I'll I'll write whatever. Um, How did you see yourself? Like was, is comics something that you fell into or like you originally wanted to get into movies and you discovered comics? Like how did that work for you? No, exactly. I, I really, my, I, I gotta be honest, my preferred medium is movies it'll always be movies you know okay um you know that's that's why i got into writing you know that's i I related to so much of the people um in my family through movies you know so it's it's always going to have soft spot for me there sure what i'm 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 really and when i started making comics i really wanted to i've really had I wanted to get, I had a respect for the medium, but now I'm starting to love the medium as well. Like I really like what it affords. I like the freedom it affords. So this was a, this was a comic book. This was always going to be a comic book. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so as a lover of movies or writing for movies or entertainment, like screen-based entertainment, whether, whether it's TV or whatever, um, how did you decide to come about making a comic book? Like, like, because I mean, obviously Comics are kind of huge, you know, people know that they exist, like Marvel and DC movies and things like that. But your comic is much more, again, sort of based in the reality of a person's like feelings, like what is happening to them mentally. And it's not people in tights, right? Like smashing the crap out of each other. So, so A, what, how did you discover comics? Is it something you were kind of always into? I knew I heard about it through Kickstarter. I think Kickstarter is really popping off. And, you know, at this point we're in we're in the pandemic. So uh. a lot of this stuff is kicking off, you know, a lot of it. Is, so that's really what it was. And also it's just and, and this is just part of this is part of reality. It's it's incredibly it's incredibly cheap to make a comic <laughs> to a movie, you know. Sure. Um, like I said, I want to pay respect to the the medium. But it's just it's just a fact, you know, like um like to make a to make a a, a five minute movie that looks like something you put on screen which costs like a hundred thousand dollars you know yeah you could with 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 five thousand dollars i can make a comic book that looks as good as anything you know yeah really so that's that's really what the 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 ultimate decision was uh it really it was um cynical like it would be disingenuous to say otherwise 
Sure, sure, sure. But I mean, what were some of the things on Kickstarter that kind of got you like interested? Do you remember particular projects or something that you came across or, or barring that, like if you weren't like searching Kickstarter for comics, what were you on Kickstarter for? You know what, man? This is so long ago. I can't remember uh, <laughs> particularly. And when I was studying, because you you kind of study to you study to kind of see what's working, what's not, of course. Yeah. And um, I do remember projects that were that were around. Like I remember seeing uh, Pat Shan's work. I remember seeing um, Clay Adams and stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, his, his some of his series. So yeah, no, I I, I was I was familiar with it, but not overly familiar. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so what was the thing that sort of clicked in your brain? Cause I'm always curious about like, you know, secret origins of creators. I mean, if you are a screenwriter and you're interested in making movies, you know, it's not exactly the same sort of thing. Right. And it's also not, no. I mean, like you said, you were sort of, you're being honest, like there's a maybe respectability sort of like factor, right? Like where it's like, well, you know, I mean, these days, obviously there's something different, but you know, if you're, let's be honest, you're writing for movies and TVs, like the public is like, Ooh, amazing. You know what I mean? So, uh, like what was the thing that when you were looking at those projects and I've had those creators on my show as well, um, what was the thing that made you go like, Hey, I can do this. Like I want, I want not only I can do this, but I want to do this. Right. I had just a supreme confidence in my storytelling ability and figured if I worked hard enough, if I studied, which, you know, which I did, um, I could, I could be successful at it, you know? Um, and it was just, it was, that's kind of, if I just want to tell stories, like first and foremost, like kind of like what we said earlier. So this is the best way to, it would seem like the best way to tell my story. So I was like, okay, this is what, this is what we're doing. Nice, nice, nice. And so, uh, as far as like the best way to tell your stories, how did you find your artists? Like, how did you, well, I guess before even finding the artists, like what was the research that you had to do to switch gears between say like screenwriting and comic book writing, or even just sort of like the language of comics, like, you know, the visual medium in itself, like what were some more, some of the th sort of things that you had to do a deep dive into? So essentially like dialogue, if you look at dialogue and you look at like say a Tarantino movie, you look at like say an Aaron Sorkin movie, the dialogue is the spectacle. That's why you're there for, for mm. a lot of, I mean, not an MCU movie. That's, that's part of the spectacle, right? Like seeing the infinity. Well, there's War acting movie. too, but <laughs> anyway, go um, on. Yeah. So, so that's part of the spectacle, especially like a Tarantino, you know, if you watch Fargo, if you watch, there's so much the Game of Thrones, like the dialogue is like, part the main one of the reasons why you're there right sure and it's the opposite in comics you know because dialogue takes a real estate on the page real estate i use that word because it costs money you're paying your artist you're paying your letter it literally costs money to have dialogue whereas it's cheaper to have dialogue in a movie relative mm. to an action scene or something like that right mm, mm. so that was the main the main difference and i and i knew that going in that like yeah i'm not gonna be able to i'm not gonna be able to write a movie it became very apparent that this is this is a different medium. Like it'd be ignorant to assume that you can do the exact the exact same thing. You know, like it is is not too much different from like going from like 
football to soccer, you know, like it is, uh, well, keep <laughs> yeah, no, that works. That's that pretty works. different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was saying like the soccer versus football thing, but no, I, I think I said it. I think I said it right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's really what, that's really what the, my, my, my headspace was going into it. Cause I was like, man, I'm really trying to excel at this. And then, yeah, I just, I just looked at so many different campaigns. I backed a bunch of campaigns. And I think that's something that when newer creators come into this space and they don't back a lot of campaigns, I'm kind of like, well, um, some people will say you need to support the community. And and that, listen, it, it's easier for me to support a creator that supports other creators, you know, um, but that's not why I think it's important. I think it's important because how do you know how a campaign is run? How do you know what, what a good fulfillment looks like? How do you know what an update looks like if you're not backing this stuff? And sometimes you look at a campaign that's just like hastily thrown together mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, and then you're like, whoa, what is this? And then you look and they have five backed, you know, and, and um, yeah, you kind of, it kind of speaks to itself why you should, why you should support it or sure. excuse me, why you should back more than one project. Sure, sure, sure. So, I mean, you backed some stuff on Kickstarter. Did you go to like comic shops at all? Like, was there any like mainstream stuff that you read that in your research or like what was the sort of research material for you? Or was there something, a book in particular that stuck out to you and you were like, Oh, like, this is it. Like I know what to do or, or I can look at this and not knock it off or anything, but you know, just sort of be like, I can follow this template and understand what I need to do with my book, right? Yeah, exactly. No, you're 100% right. Yeah, I'm just wondering, was there a particular sort of thing that you initially picked up when you were doing your research into comics? I think uh, organization for the for the Kickstarter was so important. Like, okay. that was one thing. Like, because you can't have, if you think about it, it's like almost like a business, a business meeting, right? And somebody's coming to your page. Um, and, and what I loved, here's also what I loved was speaking of Clay Adams, Clay Adams had like a military style video, uh, where he's like doing like a last time, like, it was like this kind of like old talky sort of propaganda, you know what I'm talking about? Like, the, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's so cool. So it doesn't even, it doesn't have to be professional in the sense of like, if you do a metal, if you do a metal comic book, right? Like you wouldn't want it. You can, you can do some stuff to make it look mean, maybe, maybe go cuss a little bit, you know, if it's. So that's what I also what I liked about it and and kind of like what stuff to me is that wow, I can be creative in my like like some creators think the the the, the marketing is not a part of the creative process, but it can be, you know, like and really it should be if if you're on yeah, if you're on Kickstarter, absolutely it should be. So how you market really to me says more about it about you as a creator than than the than the project itself. Sure, sure, sure. But it's interesting to me because what you seem to be discussing mostly is putting together a Kickstarter campaign and kind of like what I'm asking you about is putting together your actual comic, like the thing that you are going to fund, you know, going to fund on Kickstarter. And uh, it's, it's fascinating because it seems like you've got people who gave you good templates on how to run a Kickstarter campaign, but like, as far as the comic itself, like what, like as what, what did you have to, dive into like and and was there i mean you mentioned clay adams and his stuff is great i mean i've supported so many of his campaigns uh through the years since i first met him um and uh you know but was you know there's always that first sort of like book right where you pick up like you know when i was a kid i was i was 
big into like a series called uh, Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew. Like I saw that at the newsstand and I was a kid and I was like, done. That's my crack. Like I'm like, I'm stuck on this. I started reading it. I started, you know, uh, collecting dimes out of the couch, sneaking around, anything I could do to get those issues of Captain Carrot every month. You know what I'm saying? So was there, there must've been something that spoke to you, right? Like a particular work of art or a particular work in comics that you were like, Oh wow. Yeah. Am I, am I making myself? No, 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 not really. No, not really. Really? No, as a comic. I mean, like, well, the the thing is like, if I, like, I love one piece, right? Like I've loved manga. I love love one piece, for instance, but I'm not going to sit here and make a one piece. I don't know how familiar you are. It's a thousand chapters. Yeah. 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 It's like Naruto or something. Yeah. 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 Even, even, I mean, like it's so, it was so big at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I will. So there was nothing that I read that made me say, in particular, like, oh, I want to make this. Like I did, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't my preferred medium. What I will say is that the I had that moment for movies. It was I, I watched Super Bad when I was like fourteen, uh-huh. uh, going into high school, you know. So kind of the kind of the perfect age, um, and it set it set the, my ex bar of expectations that high school did not meet. And that was the thing. That was the thing that I watched where I was like, no, I want to make this. Like, I want to make something like this. I was fascinated by, I, I was fascinated by how much it reminded people like, like me that I knew. It, it fascinated me how organic the dialogue felt, but also how funny it was. Like, uh-huh. the way that they would phrase things. Like, it was like magic, you know? Like, good dialogue to me at the time was fucking magic. It's just it's like, you're saying normal stuff, but it's just rearranged in a way with an emphasis that makes it both hilarious and also like it seems very natural yeah and then i watched inglorious bastards probably like a year later or within a year and i was like no no i definitely want to do that and that was great because <laughs> for my development because i was like okay this is like the opposite of that this is like cartoonish almost you know like uh-huh. and these are these are like this is like hyper reality so um, being that I loved both, they really gave me a lot of dexterity with my dialogue, sure. which is my favorite part of the process. Sure, sure. No, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned dialogue, particularly when it comes to like movies and comics, because there are people within comics that are known for their dialogue, right? Like you've got somebody like Brian Michael Bendis or, you know, who are sort of like big creators or even Robert Kirkman, right? Like uh, the stuff that he writes. Um you know, they're known for writing really good dialogue. And uh, it's funny that, um, you know, on one end, what's that? I might disagree with the Robert Kirkman thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you could disagree or, you know, agree. But uh, in any case, they're kind of, some people are known for writing very verbose dialogue. I mean, I would say, right, Brian Michael yeah, yeah. Bendis, we can't disagree with that, right? Uh, as to whether it's good the, the, or not. The style of your, this, what you were saying was correct. I just had to throw in a little, a little. Uh, yeah, kick. no, absolutely. No, I, I, I don't disagree, you know, whatever. I, I like Kirkman, but, uh, but I mean, I guess what's interesting to me is that you seem to very much like dialogue, right? In the movies, but like, is that something that you, you had said earlier? Like if I have a lot of dialogue that takes up, you know, that costs more and stuff like that. But yeah, if you like dialogue, why not write a comic towards your strength? Yeah. Am I, am I making any sense? Like, like towards no, dialogue. I mean, but I feel like I have multiple strengths, you know what I'm sure, saying? Like sure. I feel like 
I feel like truthfully I could do any, I could write anything. Right. So to yeah. me, it was like, um, and, and like I said, price, right. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the comic that I want to do, um, the, the comedy I'm talking about, I couldn't have made this, you know, three or four years ago. So that was it. I mean, I, I, I like I said, I, I think, I think it's great. Like you have to know the rules to break them. Right. Like I wasn't trying to come in and make like a magnum opus. I feel like new creators, um, kind of get too married to their ideas or their principles. And um, in reality, you don't know anything about it. You have no idea what you're in for. How do you, how do you have so many ideas, but uh, not ideas as in creative ideas, but ideas about how the process should go or um, this or that. And you haven't even started, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to make a magnum opus. I just wanted to make a comic book that I could sell to, you know, like an aunt, you know, like, or, or, or grandmother, you know, somebody uh-huh. who doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily read a lot of comic books. Um, and then now I can make my magnum opus, you know? (laughs) Well, uh, talk to me about that. Like, what was your strategy? You know, you said an aunt or like a, like a grandmother or something like that. Like, obviously this is, it's a kind of like an intense book, right? Like, I mean, it's not, um, what, what, how did you approach your story? Were you, when you were writing it, were you approaching it with that in mind, I guess, right? I mean, you kind of said that, but like, how did you approach your story from that angle? If you were, if it was something that you could uh, sell to an aunt or a grandmother, and I'm, I'm assuming maybe you mean somebody within your own family or just somebody on the street, like a... I'm talking about like, I want anybody with a passing interest in the story to, to be able to consume it. And what I did was I make my premises incredibly, I feel like I made my credit, my premises simple. You yeah, know, that was something that was a big emphasis was like, uh, um, like decay is basically like the crow. It's like a guy gets shot, wrong place, wrong time, comes back, gets revenge. Yeah, that's something that I can explain. You know, it can, it can be like a horror. It can be explained visually. You know, um, so that was it. I, and I also wanted to. I didn't want to do. So I didn't want to do a superhero book. I didn't want to have like a bunch of uh, tropes. You know, uh, respectfully because. Um, uh, there was a lot of stuff like, like, for instance, when I said, I didn't want to make one piece, it's like, or a magnum opus, it's like making your magnum opus, you have a supreme confidence in the property, but that can work against you. Right. Like mm. potentially, um, mm. especially starting out, like I was in, I was in a Twitter, I was in a, a, a Twitter space one time. And that's basically like a, a voice. It's like a voice. It's almost like a discord, like a voice call. Sure. And we would do elevator pitches. I was yeah. talking to this guy and I was like, Hey man, give me your elevator pitch. You know? So, so what do you, what do you understand the elevator pitch to mean? Uh, I'm asking. Oh, you're so asking he, me. Yeah. I'm asking you. I mean, like a very succinct paragraph that kind of like, you know, describes your project or describes what you want to do, you know, uh, not a very long meandering description, but something that's very, you know, quick, you know, and a couple of sentences at the most. And you basically like, you know, will let people know exactly what the project is. Did I, I win? That's a great, that's a great definition. So I'm talking to this guy, like, Yo, give, me ele- give me your elevator pitch. And he was like, well, first I want to take you back to when I was a kid oh, watching yeah. Ninja Turtles. And I was like, oh my God. Bro. Yeah. And we started putting a timer on the, uh, on the elevator pitches after that. Oh, really? Then, yeah. This dude talked, this dude talked for like, this dude talked for five minutes. I set my, he was talking. I set my timer for five minutes. It like not, not leaving us an opportunity to cut in either. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. He talked for, he talked for five minutes. I reset my alarm and then he talked for another five minutes. I was just like, yeah. So that's somebody who's too in love with their idea, you know? 
like that's that's what I mean, you know. So I, I really try to make something that was that was simple, that was honest, you know, like like uh, like you know raw honest as well. And I also lean into the the rawness of it, like when when like I'm a big like I'm a big rap fan, right? Okay. Um, and you know I, I listen to metal on occasion, but when you think about that, so much of the culture is about being raw. So much of it, it's like removing the polish, you know. That's what that's what lo-fi is. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can make something that feels aesthetic i can lean into the fact that i don't know exactly what i'm doing but that can that can be part of the aesthetic like almost like a like a mixtape you know yeah no that's a healthy attitude to have and it's actually really good for comics right because i mean comics of all kinds like you know what i mean there's sort of like you know what people consider the top and then it's like you know there's like uh indie comics you know where it's like people Mm -hmm. are just trying to break in and stuff like that but it's funny to me that you're 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 talking about being able to sell something like let's just use the term civilian right somebody who's not like yeah. a comic book fan and right, but right. you're diving in with horror and and you're diving in with something that that at least to me to a certain extent i mean i love horror i love i it's funny that you talk about like something like a24 or like i i like intense like crazy you know freaky movies uh as long as they're not boring and, you know, the slow burn, I can't, the slow burn drives me crazy these days. I'm like, no, <laughs> not too much yeah, slow yeah. burn. But, um, so I think you and I are a, a bit on the same page as like what we like there. But to me, it's like, was there any concern to you that horror might scare like a quote unquote civilian off that you might be like, oh, that they might be like, oh, this is kind of intense or a story about like mental illness or somebody struggling with mental illness might freak somebody out and be like, no, this so, is too much. I don't want to read that. My first comic was a K. So the K is like the revenge thriller. So it's like, okay. bro, that's the one. So they didn't have the mental health thing attached to it. Um, Yeah. I mean, you're going to turn somebody off with, with whatever genre you pick more or sure. less. So um, to me, but, but to me, <clears throat> horror has multi-generational appeal like as a genre, you know, you have this, it is, it is transformed. Like, you know, say so you had the, you had the, like the slasher genre, in the nineties, um, you have like the political, like horror, like the, the you know, the 70s, whenever that, whenever that came out, you know, you have like sure. the Halloween, the, the slashes before the now, the now, you know, you have the screens, you have so many different people. And just, like I said, it just has generational fields and, it, and it's, and it's really versatile. So really versatile uh, genre as well. And I was like, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're at a con, I feel like there's a good chance you like horror. So let me let me be specific as well. Um, <clears throat> I did also I, my, I was also thinking about the con crowd as well. So sure, it, it could turn some people off. You're right, and and also I think it's not super. Neither one of these are super bloody. No, they, no, they have they have moments like to me. I want the violence to be like I want you to feel it. I want it to have like real impact. Sure. Um. And that, that that's well. It also helps that it's not like there's not a lot of cursing. I think there's like between these between the four comic books I've made, I think there's like six curse words in there or something oh, like that as well. Oh. So it's kind of like choosing where to be kind of nasty and then like pulling back other places as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not explicit in any way. At least I didn't think so. I mean, I was I was like, oh, okay. But for me, it was more the intensity of it, where I was like, oh, okay, this person, this is a person struggling with something that's going on with them and. Uh, at first it was very much like the human horror, right? Like I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then once you get on again, I don't want to spoil anything, but things become revealed and, 
dealing with the night terror since we've already mentioned that and it becomes a bit more sort of complex and and things like that so it's like you've got both you know sides to that uh and it's funny because i mean i know like like you can't get my my sister to watch a horror movie like she's not gonna watch it <laughs> like she's yeah. just like no i'm not i'm not gonna watch that you know what i'm saying so it's 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 uh interesting to me that you love comedy but the first thing you went towards was horror do you think that comedy can translate into comics like like these days especially i mean beyond like little kids or like Calvin and Hobbes, like sort of stuff, which in, in my opinion is genius, not putting that down at all, but oh, no, of course you not. understand what I'm talking about. You're talking about, I mean, but you were talking about long form, right? Like, Calvin yeah, I Hobbes guess so. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or so, I mean, Calvin could you Hobbes make super bad like, a comic and would it be funny? Could you, you know what I'm saying? Like that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, like peanuts and Calvin and Hobbes and Garfield. Those are like vignettes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Could you do it? Yes. Do I think people are doing it? Not really. I think it's, I think, well, here's, here's the, here's the massive disadvantage that comics has over movies in this regard is um, you can't hear it. Like there's no audio component. Mm. So like so much, like for instance, who's the like got great delivery. Let's say Jonah Hill, for instance, Jonah Hill has an incredible delivery. Like, and it's the stutters, it's the, it's the, um, like, if you watch a basketball player handle the ball, you know, it's like, it's just like, so it's, it's just the stutters, the heads, it's, it's, it's all these little ticks and stuff. There's his eyes will expand, <laughs> you know, you can't do that. You can't do that in a comic book also. And, and because of that, if you, if you're a great comedy writer, you're, you're probably writing for a TV show. You're probably writing for a sketch show. You're probably doing stand up. So I think the great comedic minds um, aren't doing comics, you know, mm. um, and that's not any disrespect to anybody doing comedy, for instance. But also, like, you look at, like, the stuff that, like, I'm going to get a little spicy here. I was watching this. Uh, I was, my boy uh, posted a picture of Deadpool number one, I think it's recently. And, um, like, Deadpool is just covered in, like, snot or something like that. And then the girl was like, this girl was like, oh, got a little wet there, didn't you? And he was like, hey, that's my line. I make the sex jokes. And it's like this, like, it's like, it's, 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 it's rough, man. Like that wouldn't, that wouldn't sit on a movie. You know what I'm saying? That wouldn't, that's not something you could do in a movie. So I just think the bar is higher. I think the bar is higher for these other memes as well. Probably, like I said, because just, uh, just the nature of the medium, you know, it doesn't allow, it doesn't, it doesn't facilitate comedy, I should say. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know that I would agree with that. I mean, I agree with the the statement that maybe not a lot of people are trying, but I mean, yeah. even Bendis, uh, like, what is it? Fortune and Glory. I think the thing about him, have you ever read that about him trying to make it in Hollywood or or him being discovered and then trying to like write screenplays and stuff like that? It's it's pretty funny. Um, it's hmm. it's, there's certain moments in there. And again, it's like, I'm not, I don't know why, like, I need to say this. I'm not like pitching Bendis to anyone, but I, it's just the, yeah. the name. I mean, when we talk about dialogue or somebody that overly is overly verbose with dialogue, that's kind of like what stuck out, stuck out to me. Right. Yeah. And then you can, you can even look at that. You can look, I haven't read that. I'm not familiar with that, okay. but you could even look at some, you can grab a, and this isn't, this isn't fair by the way, but you can just grab a, a Bendis page and look at the, the onslaught of speech bubbles, you know? Yeah. So e even, even he, and I also want to be fair as well to this is that if I'm writing a movie, right. 
um, if I'm writing a movie that's that's two hours, I'll get X amount of time, right? I can get like let's say four months to write that. You're writing a comic book, man. Some of those come out week to week or bi week or yeah, yeah. bi monthly, like or even monthly. That's not a lot of time. Like you think about how comedy works, and then like you think about South Park, right? That's a writer's room. Like it's a room of people that can bounce off each other. They can throw throw each other a line. Yeah. And if if these guys are writing comics in a in a vacuum, like that's even it's even harder. And then you have to like take into account lore, <laughs> like you know the same thing that's hard when you're writing drama in comics. Like you have to account for so much. So I also want to also want to give um I want to give some credit, you know, as well. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, basically that, like I said, it just doesn't, it just doesn't lend itself that to that, you know, there's some smaller stuff that you can do. I mean, I, I, I read Giant Homicidal Maniac. That was very, oh funny. yeah, yeah. but yeah. it also, that wasn't a traditional comic book. And it also had a lot of text sometimes like that. That yeah. was not a brisk read all the time, you know? So I think that. Yeah. Big, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, it's, it's funny because like, I think, um, a bit. I mean, I'm a bit older than a lot of people that come onto this podcast. I was reading comics yeah. in the eighties and stuff like that. And, uh, and it's funny because I go back and I look at older stuff and there's, there's a lot of like text in there and there's a lot of language and words and stuff. And, and I think with modern comics, a lot of stuff has been like economized, you know, as far as like, it's more visual than it is literary for a lot of comics. And, and it's interesting to me because I, I obviously those things were being sold to, to a younger audience right but there is a part of me that misses like sitting and being able to like read a comic book like you know what i mean like the dialogue and the descriptions and stuff like that and today i feel like so much of it has been or i feel like there's been so much of an influence from um like movies and tv and film and you know stuff like that towards comics that has kind of gone the other way where it's almost like some books you're just like up 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 and I'm done and it's over you know what I mean where there was yeah. a time like you could sit and you could read something and you know you're not reading Tolstoy <laughs> you know what I'm saying but it was yeah. like a leisurely read you could sit you could spend time with it you felt like you got your 60 cents worth you know what I mean mm -hmm. but so it's interesting to me um that in a way, especially you being a writer who, who likes dialogue might see a lot of that text as a detriment, you know, because it seems like also from a, a screenplay uh, writer's um, uh, education, it's show, don't tell, right? Exactly, exactly. And I can do I can do heavy dialogue, but I, of need, course. To be, I, I need to be like. <laughs> I, I need like basically just make it as little as possible. I'm trying to make it tight. You know, if you're going to give me sure, a sure. paragraph, make it tight. You know what I'm saying? Like, or just make it more focused um, for me. So I can do the longer stuff, but you better, it's like, you're going to keep me, it's like a three hour movie, right? I went to go see the Batman. I'm yeah, like, yeah, look, yeah. I can sit here for three hours, but yeah. you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to entertain me for three hours. Mm -hmm, Don't mm -hmm. be entertaining for two and a half hours. And then, you know, that last 30 minutes is going to, it might, you know, it might ruin the entire experience. Right. Sure. Sure. So that that's my, that's my perspective. Not everything has to be like a one word, you know, speech bubble and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Of course. What what did you think of the Batman? It's too long. I kind of said it. <laughs> it's too damn long. It's, it's funny uh, because I, 
There's so many things. Yeah, we did an episode on it, and everyone can listen to that on parttimefanboy.com. Just type in Batman. I'm sure it'll come up. But uh, it's funny because for me, it was like three hours long, and I I don't disagree with you. I was like, this is too long. Like, I mean, it might have been even, isn't it even a little over three hours? I'm not sure. But I remember, but there was so much stuff in there that I just loved that I was just like, okay, like I... It is it is a bit long and by the end of the movie I was just like okay can I can I go home but there was so much stuff in it that I was just like the design and the music and and like the visual palette and I was just like oh I love this <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean like I I felt like visually like somebody got it right for me you know what I was saying like 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 if yeah. you were going to make a Batman movie at least visually for me I was like they came as close to perfect almost as maybe there could be more wacky stuff like the comics, you know what I'm saying? But as far as like, if you were going to do that dark, dark Batman, like I was like, okay, you guys came really, really close. So for me, it was more, and especially, you know, because I am an artist, I I like to draw and stuff like that. And uh, I love visuals and design and things like that. Like for me looking at it, I was just like, Oh, this is beautiful. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So there is that aspect of it for me. Yeah, no, I mean, no, that's fine. But like, sure, what's sure. The what was the editor doing? You know, no, I, like, <laughs> visual, I mean, every, that's the thing about these, like, it's, I call them almost movies. Like everything is good. Like everything is pretty good, right? The acting is pretty good. The, the, the dialogue on the whole is pretty good. Like everything is pretty good. Then you just make it three hours instead of two and a half. You know, this was, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. This movie is two hours and 15 minutes long. Yeah. Oh my God. It's incredible. So, yeah. Uh, which I think is so, it's so funny. Cause I'm like, like people, I, I say 80% of them. It's like dumping salt on it basically. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then it had, it, it had this, this had this whole second, third act um in a, in a stadium or something. I was yeah. like, bro, give me out of here and then we have a joker oh, my God, just let me leave yeah so you're 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 a pretty harsh critic man like you're, you're like That's what people tell me i don't think so yeah what's that you don't think you're a harsh critic no i think i think for for instance um well like i said like don't keep me here for i mean like look if i'm a creator i think creative critics of indie stuff is the harshest critics because um we people people i feel like people are extra harsh with us because they feel like we'll actually hear it uh-huh. but no i mean what like what's the first thing you would think of when you hear a three-hour batman movie it's like okay make it worth the you know make it work the length and i'm like i don't think it's the consensus i don't think is Oh, it was certainly needed to be three hours. No, no, I agree with that. I would agree with that statement 100%. I was definitely, and you know, it's the same with a lot of other superhero movies or big movies these days. I'm like, please, can we get it under two hours? I got shit to do. <laughs> like, I've got things to do. Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. I'm like, goodness. I'm like, come on now. It's like, I've got a lot, you know, I've got a job. I've got a kid. I got to go take care of stuff. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, man, I want to go work out. Like, like, let me take care of stuff. So I'm, I'm with you on that so i mean but what are you mentioned super bad so i mean as far as like and and it follows right like what are some of the movies that just like blow your hair back like what are some of the things Mm. that you just like really like what's your number one do you have a number one i mean for people like us who are fans of film and 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 comics and whatever it's always hard to just have like a number one thing but there must be one where you're like 
I mean, was it super bad? Did we already, or were there are no, there no, others? No, absolutely not. No, no, no. I was, I was 14 when I saw that. No, that would I mean, have been I fine. Was, you could have been super. I think, That's uh, fine. The movie Parasite, I think, is the best movie I've ever seen. Personally. Oh, really? Interesting. I, yeah, I'm just gonna name off a bunch that yeah, I really enjoyed. Midsummer, I thought was, I thought was amazing. I still Book need to smart. see that. Oh, Book, Book smart, smart is kind great. Of, kind of scratched that. It's kind of like it's kind of like a more mature super bad. Like it kind of scratched yeah. that itch. Yeah. For sure. Um. Like like I was I said, Midsummer, Book Smart. I think every everything everywhere all at once was amazing. Infinity War was was a phenomenal movie. I think I think honestly like a top ten movie of all time. People people fight me on that one. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Prisoners by Dennis uh, Villanueva. It's, it's, oh, it's, I just saw incredible. that the other week. It was fantastic. I had never seen it. Great movie. Yeah, yeah, no. So there there are a lot of great movies coming out. So that I, was a I, long I, one. I was I like, but. You know, it was that, good. that was a slow burn, but that also that movie was a three hour. Like I do, I do think people need to understand that the human body is not made to sit somewhere for three hours. Like, <laughs> Talk like, to everybody who's working in an office right now, listening they can to get this. Up and go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's true. That's true. But it's interesting because uh, it's funny that you think it's a slow burn because I didn't think it was a slow burn at all. I thought it kept moving. I thought like things were happening. For me, it's like slow burn is like that thing that directors are doing now where it's just like nothing is happening. People are talking. There's nothing going on here. You know what I mean? Like that. You're describing a boring movie. That <laughs> That's what you're describing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, but there's a lot of that in horror these days where it's like the first like hour and 15 minutes. It's like, what is going to happen? And then things pick up in the maybe like last half hour or so. But you're just like that. Dri- that just drives me nuts. I mean, we do horror movies during the month of October, um, on this podcast. And there, I, you know, people will recommend stuff and, and I'm just like, okay, is it a slow horror? Just let me know before I mean a slow burner because just let me know before I go in. But the it, reality is that a slow burn, a, a slow burn should feel thoughtful, not slow. Yeah. Like that's, that's really what it should be. It's yeah. like, I'm, I'm a, at a thoughtful paced pace and I'm revealing things at a clip that is keeping you engaged and not giving you all the answers. Like yeah. for instance, Gone Girl, I think is what you might describe as a slow burn, but that's an amazing, that's an yeah. incredible movie. Oh, I remember I, I like that. Yeah. I think the Batman is a slow burn and I think it works, like I said, up until up until the second, third act. Like that's when the movie moves. Yeah. Like What's a slow burn? I can't think of one off the top. Maybe because I just blocked them all out of my head. But yeah, no. I, but I mean, Prisoners and a Prisoner, Prisoners or pri- yeah, Prisoners. Um, and, uh, yeah, there was something else that you mentioned where I was like, yeah, I mean, oh, Midsummer, like I haven't seen it yet. Cause that's like Ooh. a three hour movie. Right. And I've Two been and told, I've, I've been told that that's like a slow burn. Like, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I think your definition of slow burn, like I said, is boring. And I, I, yeah. um, if, if, if there's character stuff going on, if it's interesting, I mean, if you, a uh, Midsummer is a beautiful movie. Like, I feel like if you could. If you could like, like, if you could like Batman, like this is a movie that's like thirty minutes shorter, uh-huh. um, to me, and then like is like you know, just more consistent. Yeah, let me see. I'm trying to find that. A hundred, a hundred forty eight minutes. So yeah, two and like just under two and a half hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great yeah. movie. I want to see it. I I really want to see it. I just have never had the time, and I really like the lead act, the lead actress. So um, oh man, she's amazing. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Florence Pugh. She's great. So, I mean, your plan is to do like six issues of this, right? And it's, uh, and so, ah, gosh, I want to talk about it, but without spoiling it, you said it was the same characters. 
It, no, yeah, it's the same character. It's about it's about this character, Tyler. Okay, and it continues on. And is it him just kind of like dealing with the night terrors and like what's behind them? Is that pretty much what what we're looking at? Yeah, it's like like I said, it's like to to discover the mystery of like what happened to his parents because he's an orphan and like yeah. what's going on with this demon and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so uh, let me ask you this because when I was reading it, it felt autobiographical. Is any of this based on your own experience, your own life, like your own growing up? I think like for me, um, I think that's a great compliment because that means that it, it seems genuine, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I think a lot of people have dealt with, I think it's gonna be autobiographical for a lot of people. Like a lot of people can relate to like, you know, like depression or loneliness, um, bullies and stuff like that. So in that regard, yes, it is autobiographical. Do I have sleep paralysis? Um, no, do I give sleep paralysis? No. So the sleep paralysis is more so a framework that you can have like some cool stuff happen. That's like, like I said, like kind of a nightmarish thing happen. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And what was it about? Isn't there a documentary about like sleep paralysis? It's supposed to be like oh, really, sure. oh, really freaky. I forget what it's called, and I, I haven't had a chance to watch it. But I love documentaries. But yeah, no, they're supposed to be. What was it? How much research did you have to do into that sort of thing before you wrote this? I generally don't do too much research because um, you don't one one you can do a lot of research and then you can discover that you're too smart for your audience and. Um, they they'll try to tell you like hey this isn't right which is you know incredibly frustrating or uh i just want it's just like the idea right it's just the concept like that really makes the idea work but i mean but it's i think it's a it's a pretty simple it's a pretty yeah it's a pretty simple uh con concept you know what i'm saying like it's like you're you're having a waking nightmare you see something that's not there sure 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 and so do you have all five six issues written out already Absolutely. Yeah. I wrote that. This is actually pretty quick. Um, um, like idea to the script, it was probably like four months. Uh, no idea to script, no idea to it being completed was probably four months. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So just what yeah, sitting no. nose to the grindstone and getting it out. Just getting out there and knowing what story I wanted to tell, um, having the artist in mind when writing it definitely helped. Okay. And How'd you find your artist? Just, um, this is on Twitter. So the guy, I worked with him a couple times. So I do variant covers and, and variant covers are great because, um, like it's almost like a trial for an artist. Right. And you know, if they do good, you're like, I like this person. I like their style. Then you can do, you can do like more stuff with them. Yeah. And that's, that's essentially, that's essentially what happened. Like bro did a phenomenal job with, uh, the covers. Uh-huh. Bro did a phenomenal job with the covers, and I was like, "Yo, let's let's make a let's make a long form." Oh, and then I, I wrote it to his style, and it, it turned out really good. Made it made it like really painless, like a painless process. Cool, cool. So, how what was the sort of relationship since this? The, was this your first comic, or had you done something before this? This is my second comic. Oh, this is your second comic. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. So, I mean, like, how was your uh, working relationship with the artist? I mean, how did you work? Did you do full descriptions, like? panel by panel breakdowns like how did that how was the back and forth between you and your artist i always do the panel by panel you know you you, you should it's kind of it's kind of crazy to you know not give somebody a back and you haven't break everything down but yeah so i did the panel by panel and um no yeah we have a great we have a great relationship um he looks out for me I look, look out for him which i think is should be the the, the case for you know any artist uh relationship you know 
Cool, cool. And so this one is almost funded. How soon before the next one comes out? Like, what is your sort of Kickstarter schedule? You know what's so funny is I don't know because uh, I have a I have a second series that I'm working on, oh. and this is also part of the reason why I was able to do it so fast is I have a second series I'm working on. Um, like I came up, I started a third series, um, and then I had the K. And for me, so I'm trying to figure out like, all right, what can I? What's the best step for my career? And so essentially, I might put this on the back burner for just a little bit, so I can uh, um get what I need to get done with my other series decay. Oh, okay. And that's called decay, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, is that, so wait, is that the first comic that you did and you want to go back to that or this is a new idea? I'm finishing the comic book. There's a lot going on. So I'm yeah, finishing the series. Like I'm, finishing, I'm finishing the first series. Then I'm doing a trade and then I'm doing a spinoff of the the first series. And I, I would only do the thing if I if I had a great idea, you know, inspiration stuck, uh, struck essentially. So now I have an artist lined up for the spinoff. I think the spinoff will be great because one, it's a it's a one off. So I can kind of get an idea, get in, get out. I can add this to an omnibus with the first trade and that that'll be good because the art's already done. So you make your money back on there. And then it, 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 it's, it's like that that'll be that'll be great. And then I can kind of focus more on intrusive thoughts and like, God help me if I get any more good ideas before I'm <laughs> done with decay. So with decay, you think that that book or that idea or that story is better for your career, your career as a writer in general, or your career writing comics? Like, is there a goal? So essentially uh, what I do is I pay for the comics first and I get the money back on the Kickstarter. Okay. So yeah. because of that, I'm in the red. Yeah. So when I do the trade, the art is already predominantly done. I probably like as a for like a new comic, let's say I have to pay like three thousand dollars. Let's let's say that. Yeah. Um when I do the trade, I might have to pay three hundred dollars. Um and then you know, not not accounting for, for uh like printing, sure. but you know, the the essentially that's what the Kickstarter is for. So getting that extra money, um can then give me the financial flexibility to do a different series, right? Yeah. So that's really what it's about. If if I had to, if I had started intrusive thoughts first, um, it was close to a trade. Then I would I would be doing a trade for intrusive thoughts. That's what I would be focusing on. So really, it's more about just like getting a fine, getting a, a finished product essentially, and then being able to do a spinoff, doing being able to do a short spinoff where again I'm getting the returns pretty quickly as well. Like if, um, and I'm using the, the money from the trade to pay for the spinoff. So it, okay. it's just, it's just trying to get, basically trying to clear my slate a little bit. It's like in a, in a roundabout way, cause I'm starting a new series, but that's basically the goal. It's like more, more freedom, basically financial freedom. Gotcha. 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 And so is your goal like the Anthony Stokes universe, like your own publishing, like, or are you looking for publishers or was that ever a consideration? And, uh, you know, that's watching? actually why I made intrusive thoughts because, um, I wasn't getting the responses from, from publishers I wanted. And that's also part of the reason why I kind of, I kind of rushed it. Cause I, I, I also, um, I, so it was my first comic book, which I, I leaned into like not knowing exactly, like I, I leaned into not knowing everything. Right. Sure. So um, people were judging me off of Decay, and I'm like, look, Decay is I had a, I had a new artist relative to me and a newer artist in general, 
Um, you know, I had all these things. I had a limited budget. I didn't know what I was doing. So people were judging me off that. It was very frustrating. So that's why I made intrusive thoughts. So the publisher consideration is a thing. As far as a, a Anthony Stokes universe, um, no, not really. Like I, I kind of do whatever is interesting, but the idea of just interconnecting things um for me it would be for the sake of it that'd be the only reason you know sure. so i i don't i don't if, if if i think of some great ideas that's what i'll do you know well i was meaning more of like maybe i said universe but meant like imprint like your own stuff like uh like a publishing brand for your own sort of thing yeah kind of like kirkman as skybound or something like that right yeah, I mean, um, no, I, absolutely. So, I mean, it's possible, right? But I'm just so new and I'm just so focused on getting ideas. I, I can't, I can't have it. <laughs> it's like you don't know what you don't know, right? Sure, sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, no, that's great that you found Kickstarter and that, that you know, sort of like ignited a passion for, for comics and stuff. Is there anything that you're sort of like currently reading as far as comics goes that, you know, kind of like lights your fire? Yeah, actually, I'm reading White Ash by Charlie Snickney, and it's yeah. really it's 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 kind of it's kind of exactly what I'd like to do, um, as far as like pacing, like they're really well paced. It's yeah. got great world building. It's got really good dialogue. The art the art is real phenomenal. So yeah, um, I like I like that a lot. I think I really I really like that. That's what I'm reading. The any stuff that I'm reading that I'm really really enjoying. Nice, 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 and and the. Uh... Any screenplay projects you've got uh, in the irons, like working on that still as well? No, I'm really focused. I, I try to have like I try to have like tunnel vision, and right now the tunnel vision is for comics. Like I don't have any. Oh, look at you! Nice. Well, you know, you can do. Do I do two things okay, or do I exceed at one thing? And like I said, I I, I feel like I have a I I feel like I have a great talent or understanding of the both mediums. But it's harder, like it's harder to do one than the other. Like I don't have to wait on anybody to do comics. I can do these myself. You know, I can go yeah. and raise the money. I can do cons and stuff. I can do Kickstarter as opposed to a movie. Like who knows? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, where can people find you online? Like, where are you doing a convention soon, or like, what's your social media handle? You have a website. I'm at Stokes the Writer on Twitter, and then I'm on YouTube, um, at Super Comic Bros. Oh, okay, cool. Do you have like a show on YouTube or something? Yeah, I, I would do a show with my co-host Chris Moses. We talk about just pop culture. We also do indie comic stuff as well. Nice. Excellent. That's very cool. Oh, cool. And it's on YouTube. And sorry, what's it called again? Uh, uh, at Super Comic Bros. At Super Comic Bros. Nice. Very cool, man. That's awesome. Good for Thank you. Man. Good for you. Well, uh, any final words on intrusive thoughts before we sign off? No, that's, that's, uh, hey, check it out. It's great. <laughs> yeah, well, I've read it. It's it's very very good. I mean, I it was an intense read. I enjoyed it. Uh thank you so much for, you know, sharing it with me and thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Um again, the name is Anthony Stokes. Uh the book is called Intrusive Thoughts. It is currently on Kickstarter. A very good good read. I I enjoyed it. Um so no final final uh sales pitch, no final elevator pitch from you, Anthony. It's the best ever. Read it. <laughs> it's the best ever. Good enough. Good enough. Well, yeah. this is uh, the best ever uh, podcast. Sorry, Anthony. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh, called Part Time Fanboy. My name is Christian Horn. You can check us out on parttimefanboy.com. We are still on Facebook and Instagram. I ditched Twitter. Our email is ptf at parttimefanboy.com. Uh, please go to Kickstarter. Check out Anthony Stokes's. 
uh, new book, Intrusive Thoughts. Please throw it some money. Give it some support. It deserves it. And uh, thank you, as always, for listening. And we will be back soon with another episode. Bye. Hard time, sad boy.